0: Exceeding Expectations, Episode Ninety Eight. In this week's episode, we speak with a man called Tony Silver, who is an expert on helping you get the best out of LinkedIn. And we hear some some stories of how you can use LinkedIn in a way that really helps your business and people to find out much more about you and what you do and how you can help them. So that's this week's episode, which we'll be going to be hearing in just a a few seconds. Exceeding Expectations is the podcast where we give you ideas on how you can be better at your business, get better results, get better testimonials and referrals, and enjoy what you do at the same time. If you do like this episode, why not share it with someone? If you know anyone who struggles with LinkedIn, you could really do with some of the information that Tony shares. Please do share the episode with them. And why not leave a review for us and maybe subscribe at the same time. Time for this week's episode. Exceeding expectations. And my guest today, actually, for the first time ever, I'm speaking with another Tony. So, Tony, how are you?
1: Another Tony, not a Tony, Tony, Tony that we've come across before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, this is Tony Silver, and you're a LinkedIn expert.
1: Yeah, it's Tony K. Silver, and I'm a LinkedIn profiler, and the K is quite important. And the reason for that... Okay, well, what's that? It makes, uh, makes me unique. If you put Tony K. Silver into LinkedIn or into Google, guess who you find? Mm-hmm.
0: Me. And what, so just if you were to just search Tony Silver, it is, who, who would I find then?
1: There's uh, a famous uh, TV uh, film director in America, but um, one stage I was a porn star. So, yeah, I kind <laughs> of wanted to be sort of unique and not even particularly with that lot.
0: I can, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Okay. And so, how long, so you, I mean, you mentioned that you're, you kind of specialize in LinkedIn. How, how long have you been doing that?
1: I first joined LinkedIn in 2006. Uh, but I really started using it in two thousand and eight when I found myself uh, made redundant. Uh, but actually, for actually a business, the business started about two and a half years ago. And uh, I, yeah, I just love it. There's there's so much um, to be learnt from the masses about LinkedIn that uh, I have a continual supply of, of people to talk to. That's really, really, really interesting. And
0: so, how did it come about where you sort of started helping people and, and so on to to use LinkedIn efficiently?
1: It's. I was working for the Thames Valley Chamber of Commerce, and I was meeting lots of people. Uh, I spent three and a half years running their events program, uh, so I was meeting people from Microsoft and Dell and O2 and other larger companies based in the Thames Valley, and I was making some great friends, great connections, and my wife kept saying, well, you're not making any money out of all this, and you're giving all these great LinkedIn tips away to them. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be worthwhile? and I said, yes, but you know, I've run a business before, and I know that to run a business, you need certain things in place, uh, and one mm. is money for uh, cash flow, you know at least three to four months cash flow in the business. Um, so I, I basically uh, made sure that when I started my company in April 2018, uh, I had the money in the business. I actually had four or five people already within my team uh, on a you know, contract basis, so I wasn't on my own from day one. And actually, you know, if I didn't make any money in the first year, it, it wasn't going to be an issue, which let me get on with what I do best.
0: Um, why is it that? Why do you think it is that people struggle with LinkedIn so much?
1: I think it's um, a lack of information. Now, LinkedIn started in two thousand and three, US two thousand and four in the UK, and really for many many years, it was just an online CV, and a lot of people mm. eat, um joined during that period of time, uploaded their CV, tinkered with it, and kind of left it and didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, It kind Mm. of changed 2011 and 2012 and became a a proper bona fide business tool. But LinkedIn Mm. didn't really promote it. They they still, to this day, you will hear adverts on the radio and see stuff on TV, which promotes Mm. their job side, the job recruitment side of it. And they invest a lot of money and there are some great tools in there for that. But to actually... Mm promote yourself and, and get business out of LinkedIn, there's nothing really that LinkedIn is, is actually showing you. Uh, so a lot of people are just sitting there um, on LinkedIn and really not too sure how they should use it.
0: And do you have any thoughts as to why LinkedIn don't promote it?
1: I don't actually know, but it's doing me a massive favour, so I don't particularly delve too deeply into that because if they started uh, doing lots of training programmes and other such things, then trainers like myself could find themselves... Up against them, they they kind of use us because there's sort of a super user group, and we do get information from LinkedIn uh, through the grapevine ahead of the general public, and then we can mm. feed that to the general public. So it is it kind of works both ways. It's quite useful that they don't get involved in it. Uh, I don't know why uh, they make their money uh, out of the uh, HR side of it. And the thing yeah. is that if you know what you're doing, uh, you can actually use LinkedIn and the free version. To do most of the things. In fact, my training is based upon the free version. I don't get involved in um, LinkedIn Premium or Sales Navigator at all. So they don't make money on that side. So they probably don't invest too much in that side either.
0: All right. I mean, I know, I mean, some of the things that we're going to be talking about in the next sort of um, half hour, or whatever, uh, you know, I mean, I know in the past the results that you've got for some people, which will probably really surprise some of the people listening to this who may not be aware of how powerful LinkedIn can be. So do Mean? do you want to pick one other sort of story? Well, why don't we talk about Tony Stead, I'm um, sorry, Tony, uh, Anthony. Um, Mr. Steers. Uh, Anthony, that's it, Anthony Steers. Anthony I know Steers you great. the Terrible
1: assassin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I met Anthony oh, God, a few years ago now. And um, we were, he was always sort of reticent for me to sort of sit down with him on his LinkedIn profile. I think it's because it, it was one of those ones that hadn't moved on at all. And we're mm. waiting for a seminar to start. We both got there early and were having coffee, which I'm well known for doing, getting early and having coffee. And I said, well, give us your, give us your laptop. You know, I, I want to have a go." Uh, he said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "Well, would getting you up the search engines and getting you uh, near the top of the tree be of use to you?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you know, let's let's put a search in for what you know. What are, what, are, what do you call yourself? You know." You know, a professional speaker, okay. So we put that in the LinkedIn search engine, push a button, and you know, there's millions. And we looked at the list and we got to uh, the first 50, and he wasn't anywhere to be seen. I said, Hey, hmm. mate, leave me alone for five minutes. Um, I took it, went away, took his laptop, um, did what I do. Come back, I said, Push that button now. He was at number one in the world, and uh, yes, that actually, um. I believe, got him some business on the back of it. It certainly got him some attention that he never had before. And, uh, yeah, he thought, uh, yeah, it's really, really powerful when you know what you're doing.
0: Well, and I, I obviously that to completely change his perception of what LinkedIn could, can be as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, and, it, I mean, another case is a gentleman we both know really well and we've worked with, uh, which is Warren Cass, also mm. uh, in the speaking world. And, uh, yeah, he's well-known. Uh, he speaks all over the world. He's been on LinkedIn for a while and um, let me loose on his profile and uh, he reports back that within days he saw a 500% increase in uh, activity and engagement Mm -hmm. and also he offers some work um, from people he never heard of before. So yeah, I take people from being uh, anonymous to being highly visible.
0: And so... Because, I mean, as you as you were saying at the start, most people just think of LinkedIn as a kind of glorified place to put your CV, as such. So, what are some of the other benefits that you, or what are some of the benefits that you can get from having a well-optimized profile on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, optimization uh, very much. Um, I call it SEO for LinkedIn. Uh, if people push, and yeah, it is it is about um, ultimately for me uh, and my clients. It's about being found when you're not in the room. And what I mean Mm. by that is it's all about uh, pull marketing, not push. Now, my marketing Mm. friends tell me that push marketing is dying, and it's far better on the pull side. So what I do is I set people's profiles up, that they get found regularly in searches, uh, and that's Mm. quite vital. Uh, Then people will find them in searches, and they will engage with them. I also show them, actually, it's probably one of the top five search engines in the world, and I show them how to actually uh, do proper searches within the standard uh, LinkedIn. Mm. Now, again, you can pay uh, LinkedIn for the Sales Navigator. But in my particular instance, I can take uh, a typical example at the moment in time, which is one that is going to grow, unfortunately. And uh, people will say, yeah, I kind of need to get in touch with HR directors, and you can work out why we're talking about that at the moment in time. Mm. And I think I did it yesterday for someone, and it was 1.83 million people. And I mm-hmm. can really say, well, if anyone can actually sit and go through that list, then you know, they're a lot younger than me because I'll probably die before I get to the end of it. And, mm-hmm. But uh, by using the standard LinkedIn, I can turn that list uh, to around about 50 names in less than 90 seconds. So I'm using it you know, as a massively uh, searchable database to give you good results in pretty quick time. Um, so that really helps people as well. And I say then say to them, Well, the one thing um on LinkedIn is it is a database. People will find you, whether they've uh, been networking and or they've been referred to you, etc. They're gonna land on your profile and they're gonna make judgments. And those judgments mm-hmm. can be based around certain things on LinkedIn. But in mm-hmm. today's marketing parlance, it's all about what's in it for me, the viewer. And by the way, I'm only gonna spend five or seven seconds looking at your profile before I decide whether mm-hmm. I will engage.
0: What do you think are the mistakes people make in um, on their profiles on LinkedIn when they haven't spoken with someone like yourself?
1: I think the classic ones. And I say I, it's never anyone's fault because they've never been told. And I always say, hmm. you know, you know, you are where you are because it's, it's, you've never been told any different. And you know, I'm just about to put that right for you. But there's four important areas when anyone lands on your profile, uh, whatever device they're using they will see four key areas. And the biggest mistake uh, is the LinkedIn banner, which is the banner that goes across the top of your profile, is to have the LinkedIn banner, which is the standard blue one with white you know, white lines going across it. Uh, and the reason I say that is that, actually, when you are looking at someone's profile and we're looking to engage, there's a very massive area and people are very visually orientated. So in there, there needs to be a message which says, hi, Looking at me, this is what I can do for you. Mm. The uh, the profile picture, which again is always a, a great area for debate, but you know, a professionally looking—well, not to say you have to pay professional to take the photographs, but I suggest that you do. Mm. Professional-looking one, head and shoulders against a plain background gets fourteen times more engagement. So why wouldn't you do it? Mm. Then we move on to an area which has so this is quite timely. Within the last ten days, uh, the LinkedIn mm. headline has changed. Now, this yeah. was what people had as their job titles. And mm-hmm. Now, um, for quite a few years, it hasn't been that. But they increased the number of characters that you can use in there. Uh, that's become quite useful. And what mm-hmm. I do is I say to people, you know, when I'm looking at profile, it's, you know, what can you do for me? So telling me you're the CEO of this company, so what? It doesn't actually mean a great deal to me. Um, but if you tell me, uh, I should use mine as an example because obviously that's real, you know, Would you like your LinkedIn profile to create uh, leads and revenue with a big question mark? If so, as a LinkedIn profiler, I can show you how. Literally in the last 10 days, uh, the headline on LinkedIn has changed. There was, I think it was 120, 140 characters, I can't remember. Uh, And a lot of people still had their job titles. So um, CEO of this and director of that. Unfortunately, that didn't say a lot because it doesn't really matter what you are. It's what you can do for me. So they've increased Mm -hmm. it to 220 characters. And what I tell my clients is it's a good way of getting people engaged. So one, ask a question. For example, my question is, would you like LinkedIn to actually produce leads and revenue for you? Big question mark. Mm -hmm. As a LinkedIn profile, I can show you how. It engages Mm -hmm. people. People like answering questions. But with this extra characters, you can embellish it a little bit more. But there's also one area that I, I spotted that. Actually, on the mobile devices, and we're not using them as much now to look at people's profiles as we were before lockdown before lockdown, it was about 80 percent of everyone looking at LinkedIn profile did it on their phones, that mm. the first 30 characters are what uh, follows you around. So what mm. I mean by that is if you're on LinkedIn and you uh, then go and make a comment uh, in a group or on a post or you go and look at someone's profile, etc, mm. headshot follows you, and then your headline does. But on the app, because it's a cut-down version, the first 30 characters only um, are visible. So you need to make sure those first 30 characters actually make sense, um, because otherwise you could be halfway through a word, or you know it doesn't actually make a full sentence. And that yeah. um, really is something that people need to be way aware of. Um, so mine is demystifying people's LinkedIn. That is the first 30 characters. It makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. that's a little tip for people out there that's only just changed and then the last yeah. bit is um, the much maligned about section I can actually see the first three lines of your about section on a device before I have to push the see more button and again mm-hmm. I'm still wanting to know what it is you can do for me, once I push that see more button then you can go straight into promotional mode and you know tell me how good you are and what you can do for me and you know, all the experiences you've got etc, so that kind of is a key part of LinkedIn is that Five or seven seconds, those four areas, they're not right. There are plenty of other people out there that are going to be in the same search as you. And mm. uh, that is, um, there are no such things as USPs. You know, myself, I'm a LinkedIn profiler. There's about 1,600 of us on LinkedIn. You know, there's plenty of other people they could choose. Because of what I know and how I do, I always appear in the top one or two in the world. What I'm looking for mm. my clients is potentially not to get them as high as that, but to get them up in the search rankings. Uh, And when people find them, they are going, yeah, that's the sort of person I want to engage with.
0: Hmm. So for a lot of people who maybe believe that, well, a lot of people maybe are using Facebook now to do like adverts or whatever for their business. And probably there'll be some of those people aren't aware of they could maybe get better results on LinkedIn. Is it a case that LinkedIn is only... Would be better for certain industries, or is that not the case?
1: It's a question I get asked quite a bit. And there are a lot of B2C people that I meet who think that LinkedIn isn't for them. And Hmm. some of them, probably they are right, and and that Facebook is the better place for them. But actually, Hmm. look at your um, avatar, the person. Now, this prime example is the uh, IFAs, the Independent Financial Advisors. Because they were going around yeah. people's houses and giving them advice, et etc., they sort of put themselves in the B, to C category. So mm. I said, actually, think what do those people do um, to actually have the uh, financial acumen and the money to actually spend on these sort of things? They're probably uh, in management level, and therefore uh, they're likely to be on LinkedIn. There's 28 million registered user accounts in the UK, and it's only just over 30 million people employed in the UK. Um, so, yeah, majority of people uh, in the UK, regardless of what sort of industry they're in, uh, tend to be on LinkedIn. Now, you know, some it suits someone more than others, and certainly B2B is, 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 is suits far better than B2C, but it's not mm. possible for B2C customers to be really, really quite successful on there.
0: Mm. And what about the, because there's groups on LinkedIn, and I, it seems, I, well, the impression I have, and you yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, is that many people aren't even aware of the groups on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, it depends how long they've been on there, because um, for those that don't know, in 2016, a little American company called Microsoft uh, spent $26.2 billion of their chump uh, change to buy LinkedIn. And uh, mm. they changed an awful lot of things, and you know, I have to say, not all of them for the better. Uh, and one mm. thing was groups. So prior to 2016, groups were extremely powerful. I run a couple myself, uh, one of the groups that I ran. Um, we landed a £30,000 contract by collaborating uh, within the group. And mm. it was really, really powerful. They shut it down almost uh, when they, they took over. They stuck it down in the bottom of the profile in the interest. And if you were to actually post within a group, no one was actually seeing it unless they actually went into the group. So all the communication mm. was cut off a of its legs. It's coming back slowly. Um, but I, I, I certainly suggest people look at groups and there's two ways that I uh, say to them best. One is have a look at three or four groups where your avatar uh, will live, the person that's your ideal clients, uh, look yeah. at geographically uh, groups they you know, where you where you do your trading, um, look at yeah. the type of uh, industries that you deal with, go in and join those groups and join in the discussions and, you know, idea here thing is that you start making yourself out to be an expert in your field, getting people to know you through the group. So it is still a, a useful tool to have. Um, I actually run uh, two or three groups still. And one of them is for my paying clients. And I put information in there for the clients. Um, and for me, it is information I, hit, I get from LinkedIn and uh, put it in there before general public here. So I'm giving value in there as well. And if I put messages in there, all my LinkedIn, um, members do actually get a notification of it it's not like the old days where it used to go to the feed and everything else and it was really really good but i still think it is a good uh, way of getting your communications out there um it's something that people really yeah they don't really understand what it's all about it's something we're mm-hmm. discovering and it, I, it will only get more powerful because we are continually uh, kicking at linkedin's door to do some changes
0: I know you, you were telling me about um, you recently did a proposal for an events company. That um, well, Do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, COVID-19, unfortunately, has affected uh, a lot of uh, companies. I'm in the lucky position that my company was always set up to do uh, work online. But I engaged with um, an events company through a networking group that I belong to. Uh, she just set it up and uh, it, it looked good, um, had a lovely launch, etc., and uh, she said, yes, I'd like you to sort out my LinkedIn profile. So I said, yeah, no problems at all. Um, this is the process of which I started. And then, you know, 23rd of March, if I remember the date, uh, we were put in lockdown and, you know, basically killed the events industry and uh, her plans all went west. She said, I can't mm. really afford to go ahead with this because you know, I'm not certain about my future. And therefore, mm. you know, I don't want to do something that I can't pay you for. And I said, don't worry about it. You know, from my point of view, you have got a great idea here, and I don't think I should be holding you back by not helping you. And so mm-hmm. I said, Look, we're going to do it. I'm going to do your profile. We're going to sit and do the implementation, uh, and you're going to do the changes, and you're going to get yourself ready for when we're out of this. Financially, don't worry about it. I will invoice you. You just pay, I'll split the invoice into two, actually, is what I did. And I said to her, you pay me when you can. You know, I know you. I know people that know you. No like and trust comes kicking on the door. And therefore, mm. I'm more than happy to do this um, as an investment uh mm. your future. And if you do good things, good things come back. And mm. in this particular case, she said, well, one of the uh, venues that she's been working with wants to um, lay on a speaking-based event on a regular basis. And by the way, would you become one of our regulars? So, you know, what comes around goes around.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, what what other things have you? Um, yeah, we talked about well, so that example we were talking about before, Anthony um, and Anity Steers. Are there any other examples? Examples you can think of where you've been able to get people results far beyond what they? Well, probably because they didn't realise the power of LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was asked to do some statistics, um, and on, on average, uh, in a year's period. I went and uh, surveyed 40 of my clients, and they got an 88% increase in sales, uh, which was directly attributable to what I was doing with them, um, which is really, really useful. Yeah, engagement up to 500%, and other people were getting uh, inquiries uh, from people that they hadn't um, ever met before because I, I'd make them uh, highly visible on their uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I get, I mean, the, the best thing to do, um, is, you know, a lot of things that, uh, one of the areas that LinkedIn is so much underused is recommendations. Uh, and hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm in there. I'm asking for eight recommendations every month and I'm aiming to get two and I get them up on LinkedIn as quick as possible, uh, because it just shows people that I'm currently doing good work. And, uh, I, I just think that I, I try and exceed expectations for people on a regular basis. Uh, so, I actually offer people a three-month helpline. Uh, it's not built into my product. I just feel that working with some people that uh, it will be useful for them to do. And, of course, it comes as a little bit of shock to them and a pleasant surprise that they've got this ability to give me a call, send me a message uh, for up to three months after we've done the implementation just so they don't get stuck. You know, they don't quite understand or something slightly changed. So they can give me a call. Or they can um, message me on LinkedIn and I will tend to do a little video i'm into videos at the moment in time and i've got a couple of free chrome extensions and i will send them a video which again exceeds expectations they don't just get an answer they get a complete walkthrough of of how to actually uh, unblock them uh, and solve their challenges
0: i mean just saying you're talking about you get them to do um, the recommendations do people tend to use the recommendations to their full potential
1: no, um, and it's a statistic that I use, uh, when I'm talking to clients is that I've probably looked, I'm gonna, um, it's over 10,000, uh, probably a lot more than that LinkedIn profiles over the years. The number of people that have actually got more than 10 recommendations is probably 7%, if that. People don't ask. There seems to be this sort of slight Britishness, um, about not wanting to be uh, rejected. And I say, well, actually, you have complete control when you use a LinkedIn recommendation, and I, I then show them how. Um, mm. But what you could happen is that you put a search in and the the person comes up, and you know, as I said before, there's always more than one person that's going to come up in a search, and they go down to the recommendations, and you know person A has got forty recommendations, and the last one they had was two weeks ago. okay, pretty good. Look at person B recommendations and um, the last one was eight years old who we can mm. choose to go with yeah yeah so i don't think they use it enough and i think you know to get into the top seven percent but just by getting in double figures is not going to be that hard for most people they just got to get off um, uh, get away from this sort of uh, fear because you have control you don't have to show a recommendation uh, that someone sends if you don't want to And if you don't like it, you can ask them to uh, rewrite it or change it. Um, So, you you know, you have control. It's not like a a comment on one of your posts where people can basically put what they want. On a recommendation, you don't have to show it. So, you have control. So, get out there and ask for those recommendations. It's a bit like testimonials on a website. You're going to do it. So, why aren't you doing it on LinkedIn?
0: Hmm. How do you think um, LinkedIn might change in the next few years?
1: People always say, you know, you put all your eggs into LinkedIn basket. Uh, are you not worried about that, um, i.e. my wife? Uh, and I say, I'm not. There is nothing out there um, that's remotely close to it. There's been a few things that have come and gone. But because of the size of the database and the fact that it's Microsoft-owned, means it's here. Uh, it is going to be uh, finessed. It's going to change. Uh, one of the latest rumors is that, you know, we have these... Um, stories a version uh, on facebook and other instagram and other places the mm. stories version uh, of posts and things coming to linkedin so they are continually looking to develop things not always um great i mean they brought your onto it and you know most of us serious users just laugh at, you know, what the hell they're playing at uh, and they are playing catch up um with the likes of facebook on certain things but they are continually evolving and say with Um, The last official figure I had was January, uh, so I'm a bit out of date, and I don't like that. But I'm going to guess now that the total number of accounts is in the region of 685 million worldwide. Um, And the interesting thing is they claim to be in 200 countries around the world. Shame it's only 196 countries, but hey, you know, slight on their behalf. But they have massive reach, um, you know, 685 million, 85 million, whatever it is currently. It's it's massive and it's not going to be going away. Uh, People still have a lot to learn. Uh, To say ninety percent of the people I meet uh, are not using it to its full uh, potential for themselves. So there's there's so much more expansion that can be uh, can be used. Uh, Yeah, I'm 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 completely convinced that if you uh, and I fully intend to have a beer with you in ten years' time, Tony, um, (laughs) I'd still be doing the same thing. Uh, Just it would have evolved slightly which way it goes, um, I'm not too sure, but they, they, they tinker with it on a regular basis.
0: Well, I know there's lots of um, sort of add-on tools. I mean, for, um, a guy was telling me about um, a tool called Duck's Soup. Do you, are you familiar with that? And what yep, do you think about
1: this? There's LinkedIn helper, uh, there's Duck Soup. There's, there's a few of them around there. Now, there was a big issue uh, a while ago. And uh, the issue was um, that you weren't – and if, actually if you look at the terms and conditions that you didn't read when you joined LinkedIn in the first place, um, it excluded you from using these type of programs and um, LinkedIn scrapers as they became known. So if uh, LinkedIn found you using them, they closed your account down. Um, no prior warning, just, you know, we, you sign the terms and conditions, you've broken them, goodbye. Um, mm. They're getting a little bit clever. I mean, Duck Soup and, and the likes uh, are – making themselves into Chrome extensions now so LinkedIn doesn't quite understand uh, what's going on and it doesn't look quite so uh, blatant. Uh, For Mm. me, and again, it's a massive discussion, um, is I'm not massively into automation. Uh, There'll be other LinkedIn trainers that go out there and will just promote it. Um, I'm not interested in in getting 100 new connections a day. Uh, I'm more about quality. And Mm. things such as Duck Soup and all that are all about automation, uh, which is useful, but if you're just piling people in and trying to get to that 30,000 limit, uh, which is the current limit of number of connections that you can have, I put not mm. to the point. I, I sit around about 2,800, and I'm proud to say that I've met uh, 2,700 of those people, uh, shook their hands. Uh, mine's all about building um, uh, a network. It's all about relationship building. And yeah, people say to me, well, you know, would you work with me and could you get me a hundred new connections and all this? I said, well, yeah, mm. I, c- I can do. Um, not a problem, but is a plumber in Grims, in Grimsby any use to you? Um, mm. I'd rather get someone who actually fits your demographic and is a, a, a completely good fit with your avatar. Uh, so yeah, these automation tools are out there. Um, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of them. But it doesn't mean they don't do a good job for certain people trying to achieve certain things. And that's the thing about LinkedIn is every single client I talk to has a slightly different reason for what they want to get out of it. And so, you know, my most vital part of what I do is is my initial discovery call with people just to find out what it is. I can't assume that I know what it is that I need out of LinkedIn. Often I'm right, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'd rather they said to me, well, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. And then, uh, you know, and I've turned people down. I mean, I've, I've just uh, done a five-day, um, Oh, five day challenge, and one person come on, and the whole aim was to get to thirty thousand as quick as they possibly could. And I just said, Sorry, can't help, um, hmm. not the sort of thing I want to be doing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's horses for courses. Uh, there are other trainers out there that would probably have taken that person on, but uh, no, not. For, hmm. they, there are programs out there. Be careful. Um, LinkedIn will not be stupid enough to realize that you are using them and you have signed an agreement which says you won't be using that sort of thing.
0: Hmm. You made a good point just there, actually, about the, the networking aspect of LinkedIn. And um, so I think maybe that can be easily forgotten about the, well, I know, for example, you, you've got an amazing networking background. You used to network extensively for a number of years in your sort of local area. And so that's probably why I, well, I'm guessing that's why you understand LinkedIn so well.
1: Um, I, I, I mean, I think they're intrinsically linked together and of course, but of course I would do. Um, and when I set up my business, I also thought I would be doing network training. Uh, yeah, I've been networking in Tens Valley for 12, 14 years, done about 1700 events, but my, you know, I always had a plan. And again, a lot of people don't have plans when they go networking and they just go there, have a coffee, have a chat, try and get as many cards as they can, which to me is, is not what I'm after. What I'm going uh, to a network event for is to find two or three people um, who I will then take to a one-to-one meeting. But the first thing I'll do is invite them to join my network on LinkedIn. And, you know, it will be – I'm all about engagement. Um, so actually, if people don't engage in the process, I do that really weird thing of every month I cull people from my LinkedIn connections.
0: Mm. And why is that?
1: Because they haven't engaged. Now, I've, I've made it very, you know, I'm very honest. You know, this is why I'm looking to connect with you. So it could be that I'm looking, obviously, um, to help you, um, do mm-hmm. a joint venture with you, uh, potentially buy from you. But I'm all about engagement. And the first thing, whenever I do a connection request, which I always personalize and associate everyone else, is mm-hmm. I send a message out immediately someone has accepted, uh, or I've accepted theirs, saying that, hi, I'm all about engagement. You know, really want to know how I can help you. Uh, if you can let me know, uh, it'd be great to have a one-to-one. Mm. Now, if someone doesn't respond to that in the first month, hey, we're all busy. I get that. Mm. So I will try again. Mm. Uh, I won't try too many more times after that uh, to find that, well, actually, I've been uh, linked into this person for three months, but I've done absolutely nothing, No, made no attempt to actually uh, engage with me. Uh, therefore, mm. do I need them in my network? Um, my opinion is I don't.
0: Is it like, um, like on a Facebook page, I'm under the the understanding is that uh, the out the way the algorithm works is if you get say three thousand people who like your page and two thousand nine hundred of them never engage with the page Facebook then kind of penalize you as such and the, the, any content you post gets shown to less and less people is it similar with linkedin it
1: it is it is similar so it is all about engagement um so one of the one of the things i I teach people is about the activities required and post posting on linkedin is the most common and it's you know um one of the better ways of doing it but if all Mm -hmm. you're getting on is is a series of likes you know thousands of people like my post um again Mm -hmm. go back to that so what it's what engagement have you got from it? Um, what interaction have you got with it? That's where. Um, so I would, if I go and uh, engage with my clients' um, posts, which obviously I do because they're my clients, I will always make sure that I, I, I do comments and I share, um, which is, gets A, gets me indexing, but it gets them far more exposure, and then that works. Mm-hmm. Just liking something uh, in itself is, is a bit pointless, to be honest with you.
0: So it sounds like from what you're saying that people probably should be going through their LinkedIn contacts and con- connections and culling quite a few people.
1: Again, it's a personal, uh, other people will say no. As I say, there are people that want to get to 30,000 and want to know why they're restricted. I have a, a gentleman, a gentleman we well know, um, Andy Lapata. Mm. It's not any more than 600. And uh, we've had a good discussion about this and, uh, you know, uh, when, he, when I sort of sent the connection request to him, and we had a discussion about it, and he let me through the, the gate, and I'm, I'm linked into him. But and I could quite understand that his point of view is that's the maximum number of people that he could actually handle dealing with any more. Than mm. that. And it was just, it was just too much. And probably if I really got uh, a load of time on my hand, and I, I haven't to so look at all my 2,800 connections, there's going to be some mm. people on there. I'm going to go, who are they? So I can't understand where he comes from, um, but I'm I'm happy between two and a half and three thousand. I think I give them value, and you know they do engage uh, on a regular basis.
0: From what you're saying, it sounds like you know if someone gets to twenty five, twenty eight, even that magical thirty thousand number, it's purely a vanity exercise.
1: Yeah, or um, you know they just want to spam everyone. Hmm. And that's what worried mm. me is that, you know, with 30,000, you're going to just, yeah, you, just, mm. you can't have a relationship with 30,000 people like that. You just yeah. can't. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I know apart from LinkedIn, I know you've got your fingers in if you have a few other parts and you've recently started doing some uh, voiceover work.
1: Yeah, that was, um, uh, it came out of a conversation. I had at a networking event uh, with a professional speaker. Uh, who said, I really like your voice. I think you know, voiceover is something you ought to look at, and it's something I'd never considered before. He said he had a contact, uh, and he tried to hook us up, and that never really happened. And then, as I say, I, I never used to believe in karma, but I certainly do now, and I come across this lady, and I don't remember exactly how, but uh, I arranged a one-to-one meeting with her. I just liked her. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm now um, being trained by her and uh, she's opened up my eyes. Um, she's introduced me to um, Gravy for the Brain, which is a, a website, a membership-based website, which is all about voiceover work. And it is completely, and I know you've done voiceover work, and it's completely different from public speaking. So If I'm up on stage, I'm going to project my voice and reach the back of the room. Um, mm. But when I'm talking on a voiceover, it's a bit more like this podcast. It's more a conversational style. It's more me and you. Um, and there are massive difference uh, differences. So even if we recorded this, this podcast in a year's time, there should be a dramatic difference in, in the way that I come across because I'm in yeah. the process of learning and uh, I do make mistakes, but it's great fun. Uh, I record stuff, send it to her. She lets me know where I'm going wrong. Um, and yeah, voiceover work. There's, Quite a um, demand for it. There's, there's, you know, I'm really surprised. Uh, there's like twenty different uh, individual categories that I could look at. Um, so yeah, this is this is fantastic. And I, uh, I'm training now, but I think that 2020 bomb, I will be adding it as one of my revenue streams.
0: Hmm. Well, um, have there been any times where you've been? surprised by you know your own expectations have been surpassed
1: yeah now um it's it's recent and it is going to be local and it's going to be on a fairly low scale but Mm -hmm. i i'm a coffee lover um which is why networking is is uh, can be enjoyable for me or can be a disaster depending on the coffee um i have been known when i used to work for the chamber of commerce to actually send the coffee back uh, but I love coffee, and I met this lady um, at a local um, networking event. I think it was LinkedIn Local, and she said mm-hmm. you know, she was um, roasting coffee locally. So I thought, great, I love supporting local businesses. Mm. I'll give it a go. And it never happened straight away, but I then sort of um, – she got herself up and running, and I sort thought, of yeah, okay, I, I'd like to try some. What do you – you know, what do you recommend – So we had a good discussion on the sort of coffee that I'd like, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the service I got from her was fantastic. I bought the coffee that she recommended, but she also put in some samples of two or three others. And um, she's done it on a regular basis ever since. You know, because I'm very much pro her, I I definitely uh, promote her online. Uh, but her service levels are just fantastic. And, you know, she's lets me know as soon as it's left. She's put it, you know, she's put it in the post office and it should be on its way to me. And uh, when have I received it? And I've just put a little, little sample of or something else that you might be interested in. And it's, you just feel really, you know, appreciated your, you know, your business. And it's not massive amount of business I'm giving her because only so much coffee one can drink. But the coffee's exquisite. She's a lovely lady, but it's just her attention to detail, just making sure I feel really, really, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere else. There's no way. If treats me, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. It's a total service, you'll get It is a, a total service. Yeah, I mean, I just feel, you know, I feel, yeah, really, um, sort of privileged to know her.
0: Mm. I mean, what what does the, the phrase exceed an expectations? What, what does that mean?
1: What it means to me is going over and above. Now, we should all be delivering uh, good services. I'm not. Um, there's a few cliche sayings out there, but I think it is, you know, just not going through the motions. Um, the client has signed up for something, but you just deliver that little bit more. You just make it a little bit more personal. You might just add in a little bit more um, to the product, so you might extra little service. Um, you know, in my case, I, I quite often use um, recommendations to other people as, as one of my add-ons, Um so, people get um, the, you know, the profile stuff from me while I don't say, Well, actually, when I'm out and about, I will actually sort of recommend you as well. It's just giving people more than they expect um, and doing it with a smile.
0: Mm. If people want to find out more about you and to find out some of the, um, yeah, your your website and how would they, where would they find you, Tony?
1: Okay, uh, yeah, so the Tony K. Silver is the big giveaway there. If you go onto LinkedIn and put Tony K. Silver into the LinkedIn search engine, you're going to find me because I'm the only one. Um, The website, uh, the company is Solid Silver Solutions, so it's www.solidsilversolutions.com. And currently I am running uh, a free five-day challenge, which I mentioned earlier, Uh, and Mm. that is um, www.profilechallenge.co.uk. It's totally free. It's a five-day challenge, and it just makes people think um, what they could do to improve their LinkedIn. So those are are probably the best ways uh, of getting hold of me through the website probably mostly through LinkedIn because, hey, that's where I spend most of my time Uh, and then engaging on the challenge and then, you have the ability to uh, talk to me uh, as a day six to see how you're getting on.
0: And don't you – sometimes you also run courses and workshops, don't you?
1: Yeah, I I, I have still. While we're in lockdown, uh, I have run workshops. I do two types of workshops, uh, which one which is – the one I'm doing currently, which is online – and it tends to be what a version of the in-house uh, workshop that I would have provided for companies. I then do an open version, uh, which is uh, people buy a place on it, and I just set a minimum number. I have just got um, a new venue sorted out. Uh, I'm now going to be running a lot of my stuff from Ascot Racecourse, so um, highly prestigious venue. I have a, a little access to a meeting room. I can do some training there. Uh, so individuals can come along to that um but i also get involved in uh, appearing on people's webinars and people's podcasts and other such things but uh, yeah uh and get on stage and talking about it of course the same way you do mm. um
0: just before we finish tony i believe there's a, a book that you sometimes recommend to people
1: yeah i, I suppose from my point of view there's, there's I mean, we were talking about books this morning at a networking meeting and you know I still probably go back to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits uh, as being um, seminal for me, um, but you know there are other ones out there. But I think if you haven't read that one, that is certainly one that uh, that you should be uh, having a look at, and the, also the follow up, the Eighth Habit as well, which not so many people have read.
0: Was there anything about either of those two books that really stood out for you? That really sort of like stays with you in what you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it. it again, it was a subject. Subject of my last article on LinkedIn, and also subject of the meeting this morning. You know, sharpen the saw. It, mm. you know, it doesn't just talk about um, being in business, etc. It's how you need to keep and look after yourself. Number one, the sharpen the saw is making sure that in this particular case this morning we we're talking about continual learning. It's also showing your health and your spiritual side of things, uh, and the physical side of things. You know, making sure you can stay healthy, both in mind and body, and in spirit. Mm. But also, you know, reading books on a regular basis, taking courses, uh, and what I said to people this morning was, forget work. You know, what have you done in the last year uh, to improve yourself that isn't work related? Uh, and that mm. proved to be quite an interesting topic. And most people struggled to find something that they'd done which was just for them. I said, well how about you know finding something that's just for you
0: mm. and finally Tony what is a, do you have a quotation that you like
1: ah oh, if it's up if it, if it is to be it's up to me
0: and who's that from
1: I don't actually remember to be honest with you I'd have to look that one up but it's I know it's a series of two letter words uh, but generally speaking if you're going to make it happen it's going to be you don't rely on other people
0: well, Tony, thank you for sharing your knowledge and I'm sure people are going to be, well, their eyes have probably been open to how they could use LinkedIn better. So hopefully they'll be getting in touch with you to um, improve, you know, how they can be found and, and so on on LinkedIn.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and hopefully see you soon when we're out of lockdown.
0: All right, Thank you, Tony. All the best. Next week, episode 99 and it is with a chap called Nathaniel Zerbrook. I may have pronounced that wrong and we'll find out next week. He is remarkable to say the least. He's come back literally from the dead. He was declared dead not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five, six times. What this guy has gone through in his life is astounding. And he... It's a, it's a real cliche about, you know, some people are really inspirational, but this guy really is. What he's done and that now how he helps people around the world. So we're going to be hearing a lot more about his story. So that's next week with Nathaniel Zulberg, who, as I said, has come back from the dead six times. Hope you enjoyed this week's show with uh, Tony Silver. Please do share the episode with anyone who could really have some help to improve their presence on LinkedIn and their effectiveness on LinkedIn. And I hope you did enjoy the show. Please do subscribe, uh, leave a review, and I hope you have a fantastic week.